Hello, listener. Thank you for joining me on this, the first episode of 2024. It's been quite a while since I released one, hasn't it? I'm as surprised as you when a new episode comes out because I only release one when I write something new, so it's, you know, I'm not a machine, so so things get written in their own time when they're ready to be finished. Although, for this episode, um, I'm going to be reading something that I wrote in August of 2021. It's a rather short, short story um, that for some reason I never recorded and I'm not sure why. So um, if you'll allow me, I will dive into it. It's called Aperitif. Choose 14, the intake officer had said, the first and only time they had met. Which committees will I be consulting? And in terms of language, you devise the criteria, make the selection, and choose the format. What is essential? Why? The officer had placed a hand on a closed file, fixing her with an intense look, a strange warning in it. Do not answer these questions overtly. Your choices will speak for themselves. The workroom in your living quarters will contain access to all that you require in order to do this. You will consult no one. You will explain your purpose to no one before, during, or after. Flouting these imperatives would have dire repercussions. That is all. The officer had picked up and held the file aloft, an offering. Welcome to the underground. She had taken it. They'd all been handpicked for the project, which had been planned out for years in advance, a carefully wound timepiece with human beings for gears. Each of them turned just this way at just that time, knowing just this much in their self-contained bunker of a facility, shut off from the outside world, from each other too. They'd all been debriefed individually and then sworn to secrecy about their part in the project. Then, contracts signed, they'd been ferried, matter of fact, into the underground. Her task had taken place almost entirely in her head while twisting and turning in her desk chair, pacing the width and breadth of her small workroom, wandering the rest of her private living quarters when she needed more space to think. Over the course of each day, Finn focused her energy on contemplating the arbitrary number she had been given, the nebulous request attached to it, and an incessant, echoing refrain of, How? Why? How do you choose just fourteen pieces of literature to archive? That was the work, the question she had been brought on to answer, and in the course of her appointment, she'd come to the resounding conclusion that there was no absolute. There was no committee, no individual, who could come up with a selection that would have universal appeal. And more to the point, 
that would have erased its particularity, its perfect wholeness having no space for the reader to curl up in, no handholds with which to grasp, no eureka in the margins, no margins. Every person was a prism, decoding the human experience in a slightly different way. She knew several languages, could read in them. So which languages did she choose? The format was hers to choose as well, so could she thread translations together? And what of translations? Were they just as valid as the originals? Was it possible for a translation to hold more potency than its source material, like spring water filtered down through a mountainside? Here is my part of the grand Venn diagram, she had thought to herself, looking over her selection one last time. Here is one of many possible maps for the human spirit. These are the mental roads I traveled, the places I crossed paths with strangers and found synchronicity. All of these should be preserved in writing, except this one. This one must be spoken, and so I have recorded it in my own voice. On a page, it doesn't hold the same power, and I don't know why. These words did not move my father. They did not make my sister weep. My neighbor never once took them into consideration, but I did, and my world shifted. Committees will tell you to save that other book from the incinerator, but I would let 100 copies fall into the fire to save one copy of this. I can't explain why. As instructed, she had kept her thoughts to herself, had eventually submitted her work, a simple file containing 14 items, no more, no less. And in return, rather than a thank you, or further instructions, or any sort of feedback at all, a light bulb of middling size had lit up over her door in green, and she'd heard the snick of the lock disengaging. Finn had been brought into the facility flanked by a pair of silent officials, led straight through the main doors down a nondescript hall, and then motioned into her living quarters before being shut inside. Meals had been provided three times a day through a two-way compartment, everything else she could possibly have needed inside the suite itself. Were it not for all the silence and restriction, she might have thought she were simply on a holiday at a rather eccentric resort. Which perhaps explained her relative lack of distress at having been locked in. And now that restriction, at least, was gone, leaving her free to wander into the next level of her mysterious placement into the underground, into the unknown. The end. So there are a few little, um, little nods and, and I guess, inside jokes with this one. So the first thing is that, as I said, this was written in um, 2021. I actually wrote it for a, a little kind of competition online. So what I'd originally envisioned for um, for this short story, I did not have time for. <laughs> so I ran out of time and I was scrambling to put something together so that I could submit it. And so a few, a few threads didn't get, they didn't get fully expounded upon. Um, 
And so that's actually why I chose the title Aperitif. So appetizer, because I didn't get, I didn't have time to fully expand it the way that I wanted to and to explore all the avenues that I wanted to. So it really was just, it does end on kind of a cliffhanger. You can tell that more is, is supposed to, like, the door opens and something happens, but we don't know what. Well, I know, but you don't. <laughs> um, and the other thing is that um, the, whole, the whole notion of picking just 14 pieces of literature, um, the reason why I chose the number 14 is because I was imagining that there were three people that would have been selected to make selections of literature. And if there are three people picking 14 pieces of literature, then it adds up to 42, and that is a little nod to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the answer to life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> I figured that was uh, that was kind of a, an amusing little thing to include. Anyway, it amused me while I was staying up late to write this. Um, but more to the point, how would you select just 14 pieces of literature to include? Would you choose, you know, the, the character is talking about translations, like which language would you, um, which languages would you include? Uh, would you include audio or text? But um, something that I didn't that I didn't explore in this was, or at least the character didn't explore, was: Would you choose novels? Would you choose short stories? Would you choose uh, volumes of poetry? Like there's. There are so many different formats. Would you choose um, scripts for plays or for films? Like, what What would you choose to include? It, there's just... There is just an incredible amount of literature in this world. How would you personally narrow it down to 14? I truly don't know. I don't know what 14 I would pick. And what what criteria I would use, because the criteria is, is completely open to personal interpretation. It's, it's very strange, isn't it? And, and if it were music, that would be, I think that would be even, well, I don't know if it would be harder. It would, it's, it's both, both are equally hard, I suppose. But if it were music, would it be 14 songs or would it be 14 albums? How would you choose? What criteria, what criteria would you choose to 
create a selection of just 14 pieces of music. Truly, how would you decide? Would you go with pieces that you personally love? Or would you think about pieces that have mass cultural appeal or um, historical significance? How would you decide? And, and also, what would you imagine is the reason for being called upon in this secretive, mysterious way to make these selections? I think personally, I would probably choose pieces that have personal significance to me. It, it is true that there are universal themes in literature like in music. I mean, um, universal themes in humanity. But there is such a wide breadth of experience. And those themes, even if they share like a, a kernel of resemblance, it, they still get interpreted in so many different ways that even with a number as powerful as 42, haha, um, it would be impossible to really, I think anyway, to fully capture the breadth of the human experience. I wonder what other people think about that. But I, I guess just, it never ceases to amaze me that there's kind of no end to How would I put it? There's, there's no real end to human ingenuity and human imagination. I, I've been reading books and listening to music all my life, lots of different books, lots of different types of music, and it never ceases to amaze me that I continually hear new things or new takes on a theme that felt so familiar. There's always, there's always a slightly different perspective. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but it just, maybe where I'm going with it is that trying to make, trying to make an objective list of art, of any kind of art form, is a few
futile endeavor. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I think that's what makes it so compelling. And I think that's maybe what I was getting at with this story, that there is no objective measure given to the people in the underground coming up with their lists of 14 because the beauty of art, of something like literature, of something like music, is that every person will inevitably have a slightly different experience and filter it a slightly different way. And so what one person considers you know, their list of, of 14 pieces that they absolutely would want to have, would want to keep, would want to, to, I guess, recommend to others. Their list of 14 might be completely different than someone else's. There might be no overlap whatsoever. And that speaks both to the incredible variety of of taste that exists, but it also speaks to the incredible variety of incredible art that exists. There, there's really no shortage of it, I mean... Kind of blows me away. I don't know why. It just it it really it just does. Like there's no shortage of it. We can we just are so endlessly creative as a species. It's amazing. And it's absolutely okay that art is something, well, the enjoyment of art is in large part subjective. Not in whole. I mean, there are, objectively, there are aspects of music that that are universal there are rules underpinning it that are universal and and the same for literature of course like there are grammatical rules that we follow in order for it to be intelligible to people that that understand the same language but but so much of our enjoyment and not not just surface enjoyment but also like a deep emotional connection you know there you can enjoy a book for instance but then there are books that you just they just captivate you and it's because something in your personal experience just connects with it in a way that it 
that for someone else it would just be a really great book. A really enjoyable book. And for you it, it just maybe is life-changing or perspective-changing or deeply comforting. I, it's just... It's just amazing how that happens. Anyway, I've rambled enough. The point is that it's amazing that there are these objective touchstones within art that that kind of have to be met, have to be there, even when conventions and rules are broken. But that so much of our enjoyment and deep connection comes from just this, this connection between what someone else has created and imagined and what you imagine and what you've experienced as a human. I'd better get to bed. This is um, the last episode that I will ever record in my current apartment because very soon I will be moving and so the next episode will be recorded from a completely different place. Um, quite excited about it. Lots to prepare for that. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting year and I can't wait to share my next piece. Um, another fairy tale that will be part of the... Um, Sable's Tales Anthology. So, if you're listening to this in the morning, then good morning. I hope you slept well and that you have a delicious breakfast and an interesting day. And if you're listening to this at night, then I hope you have a relaxing night and that you have strange and wondrous dreams. Oyasumi.